funny that you say that because that's a huge thing that like my dad has always it's it's another example you can use my dad for is like mm-hmm. he like you really a lot of people focus on that end goal, you know. When I sell my business, when I'm living in that beach house, when I have that car, and they focus on that end goal. And it could be for anything, but just like let's just talk specifically for business, you know. But it could be for anything. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, for religion. When I've fully read the Bible or fully read the book of Moses or whatever, and you get to this point, you're like, so many people focus on that end that the means to the end, which is very terrible, very hard. Most days you don't want to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And there's gonna be there's gonna be things that you thought they're the worst things that have ever happened to you just because of that. Mm-hmm. And. You know, my dad was always obsessed with the journey. And that's what you don't realize, is you think, like, you're, you see people like him and, yeah. like, Elon Musk and stuff, and you think, like, yeah, all they care about is, like, how much money they're going to make from this. And you look at it, my dad built, started bodybuilding.com when he was 19 years old, out of his garage. He started selling creatine, and then started selling other stuff, and then got a warehouse, and the rest is history, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, when he sold it, it was selling $500 million a year in supplements. And... That's a great number. And you would say maybe that's you would you would look at it and you say like maybe that's the end goal for mm-hmm. him and he sold his last chunk for like something like hundred million dollars or something. And it's like great. Mm-hmm. That's just and, and he you know what he did is it's funny, he retired and he said, I'm forty and I have all this money and I can retire and go do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go do whatever I want. And he says he went and I remember I was at a, I don't know if you guys know this, but I went to like a wilderness blue, like it's called Blue Fire. It's like this wilderness anger management camp thing. Okay. When I was 12, I went for three months because I really bad anger issues. First of all, most formative experience for me ever. Uh-huh. Um, but again, that just had to do with like the self-reflection. Yeah. Because I had so much time with no, we, didn't, we weren't allowed to have any electronics, any books, anything. So it was literally just me and like a couple other kids. We were in the wilderness for three months. We'd get therapy once a week, you know? And it was the most formative experience of my life. But anyways, That's, I remember he came and visited me, and we had this thing called family camp, okay? Uh-huh. And so your, you know, your family could visit you, and it was like, if your parents are divorced, one can come half the week, and the other can come half the week. And it's, you know, you don't see your family for three months, so it's this week yeah. where you do like therapy with your parents, and you get that bond back and that relationship back that you had ruined yeah. for you know whatever reason. Yeah. There's kids there with depression, kids there with narcotic abuse, whatever. It's like an alternative to boarding school. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember during family camp, he said, I was just talking to him, and I was like, Well, what are you doing after this? And he said, Well, I'm going to Spain. I said, well, Why are you going to Spain? He said, Well, I'm moving to Spain. And I was like, Well, why are you moving to Spain? He said, Only for a couple months, but I'm moving to Spain. And it was to be with his girlfriend at the time. And he's like, he's like, I'm just tired of being in Boise. I've been in Boise, Idaho my whole life. And I, I need to leave. You know, he's like, I'm going to go to Spain because I'm going to go to Spain and I'm going to do all the Spain things and whatever I want. And two months later, I got out of there. And I remember they picked me up, like my mom picked me up. And then we were all at this random diner in this place called Gooding, Idaho. It's just like middle of nowhere. It's like one of those towns like you see in between like Flagstaff and like Sedona. Mm-hmm. So a tiny little town. And we're at this random diner. And I remember I thought it was the coolest thing that there was like a TV. Anyway, we're at this random diner and my dad's there. And, uh, and I'm like, dad, I thought you were moving to Spain. Did you like come back just to see me? He's like, oh no, I'm back. And I was like, well, why? And he's like, you know what? 
And this is what he told me. He goes, you know what? I don't really like taking naps in the middle of the day because they take naps in the middle of the day. And I later found out because I, I talked to him about it since. And he told me, he said, you know, I retired for three months. That was the total period of his retirement before he started Black Box. And he said, really what happened is I retired and I literally fell into a deep depression. He said, I pro if somebody would have probably put a gun in front of me, I probably would have killed myself. And the reason he says it, and the reason he was so depressed like that, is he said, I had all this meaning, and I was, you know, I was always walking up these steps, and I was always climbing these ladders, and I was always working towards something. And then, like that, maybe I have all this money, but like that, that goal, that, that whatever I was working towards is gone. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's the most depressing year of his life. And he said, I need to come up with a new idea. I came up with the idea for Black Box, started it. He's just the same man as he's always been. Mm -hmm. Super happy, again. That's, yeah. Like, the thing, the thing is with me, with songwriting, right, is writing songs, especially with my complexity and me not knowing that much about music theory, technically, yeah. it is a pain. It is so painful. Yeah. But I, I'm exhilarated from it. Yes. Yeah. I'm on a high when I'm writing a song. Oh, yeah. Nobody bothers me. Nobody does that. And I need that every once in a while to get me to, like, live a little So, like, let me ask you this. Like, mm -hmm. do you feel like your life would improve if... Somebody can plug in a little cord to your brain, get all of the complexity of your songs, and just write the songs for you. No. Exactly. Not at all. And that's what so many people That'd don't be, know. Yeah. That's what so many people don't get is, you know, even now in this stage of my life, so many people ask me, I've had a couple people ask me, they're like, why do you do, like, I'm taking like 20 different courses and I'm mm -hmm. always working on something, you know, and it's all to work towards this like end goal, but like. I sit here and I'm like, people are like, it's so boring. And it is. Most days, I'm bored out of my mind. I mean, like, even this morning, I woke up and it was like, I think my alarm was set for like 8.45 and I ended up sleeping until 9.45 and I got up and I sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, I do not want to work today. And you know what's funny is I sat there and I said, by every measure, I should be allowed a day off. And nobody's telling me I can't have a day off. Mm -hmm. Complete self-discipline. Nobody's telling me. Even her. Like, I could just be like, you know what? I'm taking a day off. And she'd be like, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've taken a day off in like a month and a half now. Mm -hmm. And Even in Costa Rica. Even in Costa Rica, I was yeah. doing it. Um, and you know what? Like, it's funny because that you, need, you might think like on paper that that's like miserable. But I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire yeah, life. Yep. And 100%. I have because I have a sense of meaning. And like this morning I sat there and I said, you know what? I'm just going to work for five minutes. You know? Like I was like, or I was like, I'll just do one thing I want to do this. Pretty soon. You know, this was probably ten o'clock, ten fifteen, that I, I was thinking this. You know. And I'm working pretty soon, I look down, it's like one thirty. Yeah. And I'm like, and you know what? Then I like I kind of finished everything up, and I went and I ordered a punky bowl for lunch. Came and sat here and watched Top Gear, and I was just like, I'm so glad I did that. And mm -hmm. you would never think this, but half of the time, you can ask for the like you can ask Maddie. He's like, half the time, we'll be like just sitting there like on our phones or like idle, and I'll go grab my laptop and start working, start wireframing some app or like working on my game or whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And she's always, I'm sure it kind of baffles her. Because sometimes she'll be like, what are you doing? sitting at breakfast. 
because he took a nap and started to write. Yeah, that was in Aikido yeah. with you guys. Uh, <laughs> and that's like the thing is like, there will be times that like, I just enjoy it so much that yeah. I've found such a meaning in it that I want to do it all the time I have. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because you don't realize that until you do until it. Until you do it. Until you do it. You cannot fully understand what you're saying until you oh, do it. I was on the other side of it. Yeah. My whole life, I was my, always on the other side. Me too. My whole life, I was, I was like, there's no point. Like, why, why would I do that? I can, I can do this. I can do stuff I want to do. I'm going to do the stuff that I want to do. Exactly. But that will never bring me true happiness. True happiness comes from the discipline. Like, for instance, like with me, like reading scriptures and, and studying like scriptures and stuff, I never want to do it. Like when I do it, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a burden basically. And I'm just like, it is, it's extremely boring. You're like, oh my gosh. But it's like something that feels like a burden, right? And then as soon as you start reading a little bit and you just like kind of get into the story, you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, 15 minutes go. And you're like, eh, I want to I go a little more. 30 yeah. minutes go by. Next thing you know, an hour and a half, and you're like, oh shoot, I have to go do something else. Yeah. It's that same thing of like, just... Just do it for a little bit if you have to. Even if I forget one day, I will, I will go, I'll just literally spend two minutes on, on, on like the, the scripture study app that I have, right? I'll literally go spend two minutes because they have something set up where you can just click through something, read a few things, watch a short video, and you're done, it's right? It's funny they say that in this book, Atomic mm-hmm. Habits. It's by, I want to say James Clear, but I could be wrong. Don't mm-hmm. call me on it. What? It's not James Who wrote, what did James, anyways. It's, it's Atomic Habits, it's by this guy, mm-hmm. and it's all, and he says in there, he's like, you know what, like, habits govern our lives, mm-hmm. and he always says in there, he's like, if you want to start doing something, like, start going to the gym, or something, yeah. you can say, it's by James Clear, yeah, so it's by James Clear, um, and it's like, and it's probably the best book I've ever read, if you, if anybody in this room wants to read it, you guys, I have a copy, please borrow it, please read it. It's, it's, it's crazy. But anyways, he says it and he's like, and he goes, if you want to go to the gym, start by just putting your shoes on and going to the gym. But here's the thing. He said, go to the gym for two minutes. Or not even. He said, literally, he said, he actually, you know, he had somebody who wrote to him about it. And this guy could never go to the gym, could never get himself to stick to it. Hated it. And he... Would just he just took advice from the book and what he did is he he drove to the gym every single day, mm-hmm. walked in, checked in with his gym barcode, walked in the bathroom, took a pee, turned around and walked out and left. Mm-hmm. And every single day he did that. And pretty soon he was like, well, since I'm already driving over here, I'm wasting the gas, and I'm already here, and it's all this time wasted, I might as well just run on the treadmill. So he would walk on the treadmill for five minutes. Pretty soon he was working out two hours a day. Yeah. But it's crazy because. Yep. I, I actually, I agree a lot with what you said is like, you don't actually find true, like, you don't actually realize what the other person is saying and like what we're yeah. talking about where it's like, because I was the same way my whole life. Like I can, I can't say that I, I wish I could say my whole life. I was just super driven person who was always, you know, but it's funny because I sit, I was always on the other side of it. I was always like, you know what would be nice if somebody would just like, I would just win the lottery. And then I could do whatever I want all day, every single day, mm-hmm. no matter what. I could, you know, I could go to the Maldives. I could rent jet skis. I could rent a yeah. boat. Whatever I wanted to do, I could do. And I would never have to worry about working, you know. Mm-hmm. And then once I actually like started moving forward towards a goal, 
Mm-hmm. And really at the root of what it is is its meaning. Um, and just like Jordan Peterson talks about, like, you can find meaning in anything. And once you find meaning, it becomes mm-hmm. actually way more fulfilling than anything. Yep. There's, you know, most mornings, you could probably offer to me to go, like, do something cool, and either I would say no, or if I did say yes, you would find me working that afternoon. Yeah. Like, because I, I, it's true meaning, and it's, it's not necessarily the most fun stuff. I can't lie and say... Oh yeah, this is fun. And I'm sure you can't lie and say songwriting is the most fun thing ever. Yeah. But you can say that you find true fulfillment yes. in doing it. When I yeah, I feel like the best feeling in the world is when you come up with a melody in your head, right? And then you put words that come in perfectly poetically on beat da 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 do. And it's like, oh my gosh, that works. And that works perfectly with the song. And then the meaning connects. There's no other feeling like that. It's so exhilarating. But it's miserable to get there. It's funny because you could use that as an analogy for basically anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, I, you could say, you know, you have this idea in your head and then you work all these years to get there. And then finally everything's done. Mm-hmm. And you say like, wow, that's great. Well, that's, that's what the story, that's what the metaphorical story of Moses is, yeah. right? Is they're in tyranny. They're literally in a living hell. All, all his people, right? And what do they do to get out of it? Go into a place that's probably just as worse, if just as bad, if not worse, than where they have been yeah. in order to get to the promised land. You know what's but funny yeah. is like, you may look at like the yeah. songwriting metaphor and everything that you have, mm-hmm. and it's like, it, it's like, oh wow, that's such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. But I bet you don't get that feeling, and then just be like, cool, never want to do that again, never want to write a song again. No. I'm glad that it's over with. You mm-hmm. probably, and if you're anything like me, and most driven people who have found meaning, you probably sit there and you say, right after you write the song, you probably are like, you know what? I want to write another one. And then you, you kind of find another melody and you find another whatever. And then pretty soon it turns into like, you're just driving down the road and you're thinking about it and you're doing whatever. You're always thinking about it. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's another thing that I think about why songwriters, after they become successful, they get so, they get so depressed. Yeah. They don't have to write another song. Why would I? Why would I? Have I? All the money I need. I got a hundred million dollar contract from a label company. Yeah. Why would I need to make another song, right? And that's when they become depressed. Like especially that's what that's what the dangers of pursuing art is. Is yeah. once you do it, you're like, oh, I don't need to. I don't need to write another song today. I don't. Yeah, yeah. you hit a point. Just I don't know. That's my stance. I guess on like. True meaning, I think, really comes from working towards a goal, completing a goal, and I've said this many times. Mm-hmm. But I also think the another really good realization you have to have is you have to find in some way how your goal changes the world. And it's a very good mindset yes. for like an entrepreneur, but it's not. You don't have to be an entrepreneur for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. In any way in your life, I mean, shit, I can think about. Probably how I could change. I actually did think about it like briefly when I worked at Portillo's. I worked as a drive-through cashier, and there are still ways that I could change the world because I wasn't changing the entire world. But I was any time that I could have somebody leave the drive-through in a better mood than they were yes, before I left. Exactly. That is me changing their world. That is that is so that is what I do at the big right when someone needs something. Absolutely, I'll help you. I, I have a smile on my face and all that. Like, I love helping. I love talking. My favorite question to ask is, is there anything else you guys need? Because yeah. I want them to say yes. 
I do. That's yeah. the reality. But, um, like, I don't, like, that's another thing is, change, is you have to do it with a purpose to, for others, right? So, like. Not for some. Yeah. Know. So, for instance, right, like, the song I wrote about, like, the, the girls in the past, I'm not going to say their name because we're recording, but the girls in the past that I've been, I wrote that song about them, right? Yeah. But what that song really is, is it's a warning about, like, being, like, do you really want to go into OnlyFans? Yeah. Because that's what it is. Is You're, you're so, like, I'll, I'll just, like, the, the poetic part is um, listening to leaders of religion and us being so dang diligent, what good could come from it. Now you're taking dirty pics in a bathtub. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, it's like, you become, you're such this perfect person, right? And now you but just then all of a sudden, yourself. you just you just ruin something. You reduce yourself to an object. Yes. That's what bothers me about any sort of selling your body in any sort of way. Yes. Even and that's, even if that changes one girl, that song changes one girl from not from going away from OnlyFans or doing whatever porn you, you want to do. You I go. did it. And guess go. what? I will never know if I did it because well, they'll be probably they'll be able to be too afraid to admit that that's what they were thinking. Oh, they're never gonna tell you. No, and that's the. That's the other thing that's like, I don't care if it, if I don't care if I know if it changed your life, because I know that it, like I know that it will. It's not, I don't know how else to phrase that. You know, OnlyFans is a beautiful example mm -hmm. of how focusing on money can get you in trouble, because mm -hmm. yes, by by you know you take this like focus that a lot of like aspiring entrepreneurs or whatever have, where it's like, how much money can I make? You know, mm -hmm. from this idea that I have, you know, and and think about it from an OnlyFans perspective. It's like, how much money can I make by selling my body? It's easy money. Yeah. It's, I, some guy pays me twenty bucks to send him a picture of my boobs. It takes me one second. Yep. But you know what you really sacrifice, and it's why it makes me so sad, mm -hmm. is you really sacrifice for money, and you might be rich. I don't care how rich you get from it. Your dignity and the respect you have for yourself, whether you know it or not, is gone. Yep. Because you do not respect yourself enough to keep the only thing that was designed to be private and only shown to a certain number of people in your life by God. Yeah. You have decided to use that for profit. Yeah. That's, that's beautifully said, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is... That's the thing that I want to do with these songs is <coughs> wake is kind of like wake people up a little bit, right? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And that's the thing is, and, it, and they'll be kind of scary, but it's like so. I watched Elvis today again. I went oh, to yeah. I went and saw Elvis again. Yeah, I go. I love seeing movies alone. It's like a great thing. And the second time I see a movie, I'll take a notebook with me and write notes about it. Yeah. And there was a quote in there about like with like racial justice and everything because back then with um. Like, segregation, all that, right? And then he did um, If I Can Dream. Like, he's talking about if, when he was writing If I Could Dream. He said, when things are too dangerous to say, sing. And that's the beauty of music. Yeah. That's, music can change people's lives. And that's what I'm trying to do with my music is, is change people for the better. You know what? And that's really respectable. Mm -hmm. And I also, I have to say, like, it's, it's you know, you may not realize... And obviously it seems like you realize this, but a lot of people don't realize like, you know, oh, I write this song and people are going to sing it and it might be catchy and stuff, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, I can't tell you how many times in my life 
that I have listened to a song and, you know, maybe I want to drive and maybe I'm in like a feels mood or maybe I'm in a sad mood or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking through life and a song comes on and I'm listening to the song and I analyze it for some meaning I've never had before. It could be some random, like, it could be some random song. Yep. It doesn't have to be necessarily like a, I, it's not like I search Apple Music for songs with meaning. Yep. It's just some random song some guy wrote with some hidden meaning, just like you, that 99% of people are going to listen to and say, wow, that's got a good flow. That's a good song. Mm -hmm. And the 1% of people are going to listen to it and you're going to change their lives. And no one's going to realize why they're attached to it. No one's going to realize why Harry, why Harry Potter is so good, why Star Wars is so good, why Peter Pan is so good, why, why these great movies and these things. It's because yeah. it's the story of... Of, of life, basically, and progression. It's the story of people. That's why. Yes. It's, it's, it's the, and it's the truth. It's truth. It te it manifests truth in a in a in a metaphorical sense. Oh, it's like it's it's. I can't necessarily say that I perfectly identify with like Harry Potter, but mm -hmm. there is a population in the world that do identify in some way yep. to Harry Potter and have, and have used the concepts they've learned from watching Harry Potter to change their lives around. Yep. What do you want yeah. to say, Mike? Oh, that's too late. Oh, it's too late. All right, well, I guess I should turn the show back on. Yeah. That was our... I feel like, although we had this, and it's like, oh, like, we didn't watch part of the show, I think... I almost feel like he he wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Jordan Peterson wanted wants people to have deep Groups together, yeah. That's true. Wait, makes that decision. So, make that decision. Because maybe you're...